This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hey guys, welcome back to Breaking Banks Europe. Today I am watching and listening to myself introducing the show because today is a Breaking Leaders episode and guess what? My leader of today is the founder of the Provoke Family and Breaking Banks, the one and only Brad King. Brad, hey, hey, uh, hey. <laughs> I want to say, I, I usually say welcome back to the show, but you probably have well, you like know, um, <laughs> yeah, it's welcome back to Breaking Banks Europe, I guess, you know, but um, yeah, as you say, we are coming up on our ninth anniversary um, just next month for, sorry, in May rather. Um, uh, for exactly, um, and for, two of for, them together, two of them yeah. together. So that's nine years that I've been doing this podcast. But you know, we're gonna soon we're gonna have our 10th anniversary. We have to think about what we do for the 10th anniversary. But, um, who would have thought that this little thing, the podcast that I started back in May of 2013, around the time of Breaking Bad, that's why we called it Breaking Banks, right? Um, you know, uh, who would have thought that um, it, it's become this uh, this huge thing, you know, with uh, you know, millions of listeners every year and, you know, with all these different spin-offs and partnerships, you know, now we're producing the Finnovate uh, podcast and for Emerge Everywhere and, you know, Next Gen Banker and a bunch of other things as well. And, and, and Robert Turchek and I are launching a new podcast this year um, as well. I know you've, I know, uh, we've also launched breaking payments. Um, but we're also launching the futurists podcast over the next, uh, few, few uh, months. So, um, Oh, was, yeah. was that, was that, that post that I read on, on, on Instagram and Facebook by saying, Hey, you know, out of this conversation, we should, we should launch something. What was like, a, a, an over the counter conversation? Well, you know, Robert and I have known each other for a while, but, you know, um, I've been working on something since 2020 around the um, sort of futurist branding, um, sort of getting the world's top future forecasters and thinkers together in sort of one forum to have a sort of a conversation. And, um, yeah, so we, you know, Robert is, um, uh, you know, he, his background is in um, media. You know, he, he was one of the key guys behind the creation of MTV. He, he mm-hmm. uh, ran Viacom for a number of years. Um, but he's really now, you know, specializing in sort of metaverse and Web 3.0 and things like that. Um, but, um, uh, you know, we, we've known each other for uh, for a few years we run in the same circle a lot of futurist friends and we sort of thought 
how do we put our network together to sort of create a really some really interesting content? So um, that's where it led to, um, and it's sort of like our effort to get all of the world's top thinkers on the future together in one place. Because a lot of people call themselves futurists, but we're really looking for people who have a demonstrated track record in in not predicting the future because I don't think that's really possible, but forecasting trends, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And by the way, on this, like the tool building up the comments mindset, indeed, you mentioned breaking payments. Uh, we, we recorded the kickoff uh, yesterday. We have uh, like our first uh, four amazing partners uh, who are like uh, P-Pro, Pioneer, Tunes, and Plaid. And uh, we, we will record the 12 episodes uh, already plus some live uh, content from the money 2020s uh, and awesome. the big shows of the of the planet so and and like it, it in in the continuation to what you were saying about uh, uh, breaking banks being 9 years old i read an article super interesting where it says that in the past 3 years none of the podcasts that were born uh, and most of them during the pandemic uh, it managed to get uh, in the top uh, uh, like uh, 10 or 20, I can't remember exactly how many positions of the globally listened podcast. And uh, the ones that were, that had a better chance to sort of not only survive, but really scale were the ones like created uh, longer ago, which is why I felt profoundly fortunate, you know, to have the chance to build Breaking Bank Zero, but in the Provoke family, because apparently, sort of, uh, uh, in, like the, your your footprint on the podcast market counts. I mean, it, it is uh, it is actually much better to not be a newbie, and often because of like a pandemic or or this uh, digital leapfrog in the in, in the way that you put uh, uh, content online. But uh, I think that uh, you were also so much to is- say that you were. Yeah, you were looking, you're a forward looking, yeah. Well, no, I mean, now so much is happening in terms of content. You know, you've got short form content, you've got, um, you know, uh, the metaverse we're talking about, um, you know, we're we're talking about, you know, know, you've got TikTok, uh, which is three minute clips, um, you know, uh, um, and, and so... You know, if you if you look at what's happened just the last decade, there's sort of been this explosion of content. But um, you know, um, think about our, our listening habits. Um, you know, podcast listenership um, declined significantly during the pandemic um, because people weren't driving to work; they weren't commuting. Right, and so there was already evidence as a result of sort of this listening behavior that people had shifted away from listening to the radio and listening to you know sort of the the typical um, things that you you know that you, you'd listen to to that to now um, podcast listening, and so it really had you know podcasts and YouTube and these new different forms of content and in terms of the way it's consumed. Um, it's been an explosion of choice for people. But I think this is where your audience and who you can bring together. And this is one of the things, you know, for both you and I, Matteo, is that, you know, we've obviously been involved in the fintech world. 
since um, you know twenty you know two thousand ten at a minimum, even before in in many respects, um, and and so that network that we have um, bringing content to that network, I think is um, something that is is logical for us. But you know we we at the same time, I I think we've blazed a trail you know and and you know with breaking banks in in particular and you know i know a lot of other podcasts have come on stream there's new podcasts that started over the last couple of years um but we are sort of the ogs of of uh, the the fintech podcasting world um obviously we're the number one you know fintech podcast uh, over the last decade which i'm very proud of but um there's a real question where do we go next you know what do we do to keep this fresh um, you know, what can we do? So, um, you know, this uh, year we're going to be working on a bunch of special episodes, um, sort of like feature episodes for Breaking Banks. Um, and that will include things like, um, you know, um, man on the street interviews and, and, you know, a much higher production value. So one that we're, we're working on right now is around central bank, the central bank digital currency launch in China. Um, you know, and things like that. So there are opportunities to, for us to sort of extend um, the platform further. Um, but, um, you know, I just, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm very proud of our listenership and uh, the base of support that we've built up. And um, I just want to continue to deliver. Every week for the last nine years, I've been delivering a podcast, you know, and so uh, multiple podcasts now. So um, that's pretty cool. And as you said, Provoke, now we're getting to the point where we'll have uh, close to a dozen uh, podcasts, uh, you know, active this year um, for Provoke. Um, so, you know, it, it's uh, it's obviously become something bigger than I anticipated when we started breaking banks back in 2013. Absolutely. And I also, I also believe that uh, there is a, a uh, there is another theme that we are not touching, and I'm talking about this because I'm right now in Abidjan, Ivory Coast, and I'm here for uh, a, an insurance event in the reinsurance space, uh, which penetration, by the way, is less than two percent. is amazing the potential that uh, InsurTech has, uh, as in Africa, and the digitalization of uh, uh, of insurance services. Uh, I believe that uh, there is, uh, we, we have almost the duty to start talking about insurance, uh, specifically on, on, on a vertical, on, uh, uh, on the provoked family. And I'm thinking of American insurance, uh, Brett. What do you think? I'm, I'm not an insurance guy in terms of expertise. So I'd have to leave that with you. But yeah, um, obviously, you know, ultimately it comes down to whether we can support the content on an ongoing basis. You know, that's the most. You know, that's the most critical thing. Can we create interesting content every week or every two weeks have we decide to do it? And have we got enough of a network in that respect? So, um, you know, I think there's people we could bring in. Um, you know, there's insure tech guys like Steve Monaghan, um, Nigel Walsh and others that I think we've got in our network that could be quite interesting to tap for this. Um, but it's not my space so uh, i'll uh, i'll defer to you mateo uh, on that respect but there's obviously some i i'd like to see us do something with crypto maybe Ajit and i can do something in the crypto space and DeFi space you know as well yeah absolutely that that would be the the, the second the second topic i would uh, i would mention especially because there is a lot of misinformation on on this and uh uh, a lot of like a new buzzwords, you know. And I don't know if you if you follow, but uh, I 
provocatively post this uh, this tweet about uh, you know the, I, I think it was Justin Bieber buying in 1.3 million uh, you know F- N- NFTs yeah. and I said you know well, someone just I'll, bought a, a a virtual real estate um, place next to Snoop Dogg for ex- yeah exactly as well. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And and our friend, Neil Cross, you know, from the other side of the planet, uh, basically, when I said, listen, you know, what am I missing? Uh, um, uh, uh, Neil answered the one line, you know, very pragmatic, let's say, think ICOs. And ICOs like, an, like as another trend that completely disappeared, uh, that make a few like a multimillionaire, a lot of losers or a lot of latecomers. They lost everything, and they know whether NFTs or not is uh, is is going to have the same uh, fate. But you know, personally, I I do not follow bubbles. I only put my money in things that I understand, uh, and I don't fully grasp that one. Which is the reason why we should maybe talk more about it. No, absolutely. Um, I think um, you know the, the conversation is powerful in respect to um, you know we we if you look at um, one of the things I'm proudest of for breaking banks uh, in, in particular is we've sort of chronicled the fintech industry in, in terms of its growth. And so if you look historically at the episodes we produced, you know, I mean, it is, we have, uh, um, you know, uh, put in place a record historically of, of the surge and the the boom in fintech, you know, from, um, you know, I, I, like we we interviewed the guys from the Bitcoin Foundation in the early days. This is when Bitcoin was still under, like this was when it was hundreds of dollars of, of in terms of per Bitcoin yeah. rather than, you know, tens of thousands, uh, you know, that we've seen over the last few years. Um, you know, we, we interviewed N26, uh, Monzo, Starling, um, you know, all these guys, you know. Um, uh, we had uh, Josh and Shamir from Simple on, you know, back in the day, you know, before they were acquired even, you know. So it's yeah. like we, we've really um, sort of documented the history of the space and I think um, that, um, you know, there is a great record there of, um, you know, this sort of, the, the the explosion of ideas around fintech and um, the role it's played in modernizing the way we think about financial services and creating financial inclusion and the digitization thing. You know, we were talking about digitization um, and digital transformation, obviously, well before the pandemic. And of course, during the pandemic, everyone's gone digital and, you know, there's been this explosion, um, you know, and everyone was like, Wow, you know, it, it's accelerated, uh, you know, digital adoption by years, you know, and it's like, well, but we were talking about this as, as you know, sort of inevitable, um, at, you know, nine years ago, and um, you know, now it's just sort of evidenced of that. But I, I feel very um, happy that we've sort of been able to chronicle um, all of those. Yeah changes that have been taking place and and last year was a record for investment in fintech globally um you know who knows what's going to happen this year that's already started off some big deals um you know we saw the rails bank deal um this week and others so there's some some um you know it, there continues to be a role for voices like 
um, breaking banks in the community to help people understand the broader impact of fintech and, and how it's changing the world. By the way, Brad, now you gave me an idea. I think that you should do, remember, as we could, uh, we almost could do a museum, you know, you, in, in, in a digital museum, huh? putting well, together, for example, but yeah, yeah. putting together. We could, no, we could do a timeline. We could do like a timeline, a fintech timeline, and we could have different episodes as the milestones. Exactly. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And maybe like, a, and having a vertical on, on all the digital banks who interviewed, you know, and follow them. That could be, that could be interesting. Okay. Like a bit, we, uh, you know, we, we don't have a lot of time left. One, since, you know, we, we haven't talked properly since uh, you have been on a, on a, on a book tour. How is, uh, how is the book tour coming up? Uh, the, the book's done really well. So the book you're talking about, of course, is um, what we call The Rise of Techno-Socialism. I've got my copy here. Um, and so um, this is a book I wrote with uh, a, uh, a policy guy out of Hong Kong, Dr. Richard Petty, and a friend of mine for the last 20 years. Um, but this is sort of focused on essentially how artificial intelligence and climate change and the pandemic and, and inequality um, you know, uh, the gap between the rich and the poor, how all of these things are going to reshape society over the coming decades. So it's definitely full futurist, um, not not uh, a banking uh, book per se. There is obviously discussion about cryptocurrencies and um, CBDCs and, and the the economies of the future in the book. Um, but and it there is are like a three or look. four big scenarios, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's four scenarios, um, and uh, I'll, I'll show you a chart while we're talking. Um, so when we looked at the future of um, the, the world and we started modeling this, uh, particularly in respect to sort of financial inclusion, which, which we had been uh, talking about, um, we, yeah. we sort of tried to figure out a way to express that in respect to the different models. And so we came up with this chart, which was basically chaotic futures versus planned futures and inclusive strategies versus exclusionary. So um, the problem with exclusionary um, models and, and capitalism is increasingly exclusionary. That means it creates, a, a, it's stratifying society. Only for the poor. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of people talking about reform of capitalism right now to, to be more inclusive. But if we double down on the capitalist system without reform, then you have, um, you know, essentially this gap between the rich and the poor accentuated. So then you have orderly transitions to the future versus chaotic transitions to the future. So we map those into four scenarios. And, and on the chaotic side, you have the rejection of technology. We call the latter stand, the rejection of science and technology, the latter stand scenario. Then you have the fail to stand, failed states where we just waited too long to react to things like climate change change or the introduction of artificial intelligence and what it's going to do to employment. Um, and then on the planned side, you have neo-feudalism, which is sort of extends the, uh, the, the, the inequality issue and it, it sort of bakes that in versus what we call techno-socialism. 
which we argue in the book is the optimal form of humanity, where we use technology to do good for the most people possible. And so we demonstrate, um, you know, in the book, for example, how um, using technology, you could dramatically reduce the cost of governance. You could dramatically reduce the cost of providing the basic needs to society. For example, healthcare. We show in the United States you could reduce healthcare costs in the U.S. by seventy percent, seven zero, right, um, through the use of multiple um, technologies over the next twenty, thirty years. Um, and so, you know, if you call healthcare socialism, if you live in the United States, you don't call it that anywhere else in the world. Um, but <laughs> if you live in the United States, people say, you know, universal healthcare is a socialist model. Um, but Here's the point. If we could do that at a fraction of the cost of the existing system, isn't that capitalism working as it should, right? You know, so, um, um, but, you know, efficient government is something I think that everyone can sort of agree on. So automation of that is a big part of what we talk about in techno-socialism, the fact that you can reduce the cost of government and therefore provide basic services like housing, shelter, education, healthcare, you know, access to food, et cetera, as part of the basic construct of the economy. And, and that's really one of the key arguments of the book is that if an economy can't provide for the basic needs of its citizens, can you say it's successful? You could have massive GDP growth, you could have great trade balances and all of that, but if you can't feed your population, then is the economy successful? And so this was really, this is really part of the conversation we're trying to have. It's more a philosophical conversation than it is. It's certainly not political in in that sense, but, um, you know, it's it's a departure from fintech. I'll, I'll give you that. And and it is actually a book of hope, right? So because well, the, I'm an the, optimist. This... You know that about me, and uh, Richard as well. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, it's techno optimistic. It's like this is what technology could do, do for humanity if we let it, right? Including, um, oh. you know, we we look at solving the problems of climate change and uh, you know those other those other issues. On this, uh, on this positive note, Brett, uh, thank you for this informal chat. I think we should do it more often because uh, even if it is just a conversation, it allows us uh, to share and to like leapfrog in what uh, else is uh, coming up uh, on, uh, on Breaking Banks. Thanks for sharing a few thoughts about, uh, uh, about your last book. And, you know, techno-socialism is, is, is here, is here for stay for sure. I mean, it just was just launched, but, uh, I see you presenting everywhere and more and more friends like uh, putting their pictures. So I, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, the, the sales are going to uh, keep growing and it's a wish as well for you. I, I'm, uh, I'm going to keep writing. If people keep buying my books and reading them, I'll keep writing. Exactly, exactly. Brett, thanks a lot. And uh, let's wish for both of us another great year of breaking banks. All right, buddy. Yep, thanks again. And, uh, you know, here's to, here's to year 10. And it's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.